You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 11. And uh, I want to share some things tonight and just kind of keep tying into what I really feel like God spoke to our heart about the Holy Spirit and about understanding the power and the presence of God and the Spirit of God that, that is at work in the earth today for us. Amen? How I mean, you know we're not ashamed of the gospel? Amen? We're not embarrassed about the Spirit of God. We're not embarrassed to be Christians. Paul said it like this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jews first and also to the Gentiles. Amen? And it says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed that the just shall live by faith. Amen. Thank God we can live by faith. Thank God we can trust the word of God. But I tell you, we need the power and the presence of God in our lives. I mean, we need that. I mean, without it, you know, like I said, without the power of God in our, in our churches, in our lives, we're just a social club and we don't want to do that. Amen. So I wanted to share a lot of scriptures with you today, but I want to talk to you about, there's something here and I want out of the, out of the King James version of the Bible in, in Luke chapter 11, you know, Jesus is, is declaring and teaching here, but it's so funny because it, uh, actually let's begin reading at verse 14 because this is where Jesus cast the devil out, out of a person. All right. And uh, I'm going to read it out of the King James Version, then I'm going to read it out of the New Living, just because it kind of gives us a little bit better understanding. But in the King James Version, verse 14 says, And he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb, and it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said, He casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, he said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. So if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? But you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Amen. Verse 20 is what I wanted to get to, but I wanted to get the whole thing in there to understand what it's talking about. And in, you know, in the New Living Translation, I'm just going to read verse 20. He says, but if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. How many of you know that the kingdom of God is, is, is here? The kingdom of God rules and reigns on the inside of you. Remember what Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom of God, you know, is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We're talking about Romans, but Jesus also said, they said, the kingdom of God is within you, which means we have the power and the presence of God within us. Jesus also made some statements. Go with me, if you would, over to John's Gospel, chapter 14, and uh, I just want to stir up your hearts. Many times we're asking God to do some things that we don't have to ask him to do. He, he wants to do them, but he wants us to move. You know, we shared it and we, and we sang that last song. And sometimes it's hard for us to imagine that we are who God says we are. Amen. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. And I have what God says I can have. And we get all nervous about that. Because of what all Jesus bought and, prayed, bought and paid for through the, his death, burial, and resurrection and what he gave to us. Amen. You know, in... in 
John's Gospel, chapter 14, and verse just 12 through 14, says this, and I'm going to read out of the King James Version. It says, Most assuredly I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. Amen? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, these scriptures, they just challenge me. You read them, you meditate. Jesus made statements. He'd say, listen, hitherto up till now you've asked nothing. You've asked the Father. Now ask the Father in my name. He'll do it to you. I'm giving you to him. You can do these things here. I mean, John 15, 7 says, if, if you abide in, 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 in him, or abide in Jesus, and his word abides in you, then you can ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. I mean, it just, I, you know, you get these promises and these scriptures that just like, Wow. Can it really be true? Can we, can we really grab a hold of this, you know? Uh, and because uh, Jesus said, the works that I do, you're going to do them. You know, everybody gets caught up in the greater works. I just like to do the works of Jesus, you know? He went around teaching, preaching, and healing, and, and delivering, and sharing, and doing. We know that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Ghost because in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Amen? So we know that he, had, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. We know that Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says that if that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you and I, how do they, it'll quicken our mortal bodies. If that same spirit, it's the same spirit. It's that same spirit. So if we see that same spirit, Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, when it talks about that with that same spirit that he raised up Christ, he said we ought to walk in newness of life. Because we got the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. We got the same anointing in the sense of where the same presence is there. Now, we know there's only one Christ. We understand he's in a whole class all by himself. But praise God, he raised us up to be the body of Christ. He raised us up to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And, and as we understand this, he said, I want you to understand that the finger of God is the power of God. Just like the New Living Translation says, if, if I cast out devils by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has come among you. What did he tell us to do in Mark chapter 16? He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? And he that believes, you know, shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. Amen? He said, and these signs are going to follow them that believe. In my name, they're going to what? Cast out devils. They're going to speak with new tongues. They're going to take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it's not going to hurt them. And they should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen? We've been commissioned to do some things. But I want to talk to you about the finger of God, the power of God, the presence of God. Amen? Because there is a finger that's, 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 that's on you. The power of God is on you. It's present. Because if you've been born again, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that power is in you. That spirit of God, and you've got a new creation on the inside of you, amen? Now, thank God that we've been born and we got a well of water, but thank God we can be filled and have rivers of living water flowing out of us, amen? But we need to understand what God's hand is upon us. If the hand of the Lord is upon us, we read that in the Old Testament, you know, when it said, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Remember the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah on Mount Carmel? He said, tell, go tell Ahab it's going to rain. Whenever his servant came back the seventh time and said, I see a cloud as the size of a man's hand. And then what did he say? He said, hey, you better go tell King Ahab to get his horses and chariots together because it's about to rain. The abundance of rain is coming. And then the Bible says that, that, you know, he girded up his skirt or whatever that robe thing he had. And the Bible says the hand of the Lord came on Elijah and he outran him all the way across there. He outran the king's horses and chariots. I mean, that's, like, that's pretty cool. 
Amen. The hand of the Lord. Well, the finger is if I cast out with the finger of God in understanding there is a finger, but it's not a finger of destruction. It's a finger of blessing. Amen. You know, as you look at this, you kind of go, wow, God has come down. He's come to be with us. He's come to do what only he can do for us. And thank God on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to live and to dwell on the inside of us. Amen. And he's never left. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's empowered you and I to do the things that we need to do. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced that we don't say and do what we need to say and do of what God wants us to say and do. Which because we think, well, I'm going to have to do this. No. Lord, it's God working with us. We know that we can't heal anybody. We know that, you know, we can't even lay hands on anybody rubbing until they ain't got no hair in their head. It's not going to do anything. But if God tells us to lay hands on the sick, we're doing it in faith. Believe me, because God, you told me to do this. It's his power. It's his anointing. He's the one that heals the sick, not us. Amen? You know, without God, we can do nothing. Amen? See, there's no power greater than the Holy Spirit that came on that day of Pentecost. And there's no power at work in the earth today than but the Holy Spirit. Because we need the Word and the Spirit as they agree. And He's the one that delivers us from darkness. He's the one that delivers from the enemy. He's the one that delivers out of every uh, power of the enemy. And He also releases the goodness of God in our lives. Amen? You know, God called us some things. He told us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Remember Peter said that in 1 Peter chapter 2. He talked about, you know, he said that you are, you are a, a holy, you're a royal priesthood. Amen. A holy, that should be called for it to show the praises of him. Amen. God's called us out to be separate. And when he called us out not to be separate in the sense that we're not going to touch the world because we are going to touch the world with the power and the presence of God. We're not to be like the world. We got to let God's fire, God's power, God's presence be there. Amen. I mean, it's so, so vitally, vitally in, 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 you know, I think a lot of people think that, well, when everybody gets saved, we all come down to this lower denominator. We kind of get, you know, it's kind of like when you tell them we're going to get to the lowest denomination. When you do math, we've got to find the base. We think, well, we're all on the same level. We're all in this. Listen, no. When we get born again, yes, we're all on the same level, but it's a high level. Glory to God. He changed you. He made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. He changed your life. And if he didn't, we need to dip you one more time. We need to hold you down, as I always humorously say. You need, you need to get full of life. Or you need to understand. Glory to God. God created us new creatures. You know, one of the, one of the statements I shared on, on Sunday that just has really been blessing me is that God's a creator, not a duplicator. And so he does not duplicate. He only creates. He's not wanting to duplicate because he has never duplicated. Every one of us has a different, you know, fingerprint, thumbprint. Every one of us has different, you know, who we are. Glory to God. And thank God, God does, loves to create. He doesn't like to duplicate. He's not trying. God's not a copycatter. The devil is. The devil's the one that tries to do. Because the devil can't create anything. He can only copy what he sees God do and try to pervert it. Amen. That's the only thing that he can do. He can try to. Now go with me to Romans chapter 8. Like I told you, I was going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight. I love preaching the Bible. It's good stuff. Because I want to stir your heart up to know who you are, what you can do, and how you can have this. Amen? It's so vitally important. And one of the reasons is, is because if you don't recognize this, and when I say recognize, if you do not recognize that God lives in you, and you don't recognize the power that you have, then you're not going to use it. It's like, 
if you don't recognize the authority God gave, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. And he turned to his disciples and he gave it to them. He said, you go in my authority. Remember Luke 10, 19? He said, they came back and said, Lord, even the devils are subject to you. You've given us power over uh, all scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing's going to hurt us. Amen. Jesus declared that. And they came back. Wow. Even they, they came back saying, you've given us this authority. And he said, well, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But he didn't say you didn't have the authority. Because Jesus gave that to him. He gave it to the church. Mark 13 talks about, verse 34 says, the kingdom of God is like a man that went away and gave authority to his servants. And Jesus is coming back to see what we've done with that authority. What do you mean by that? Authority is not over people. Authority is over the enemy. Got to understand that. Our enemy is not people. Our enemy is, is the devil and all the things that he's doing. But what I want to talk about is God's finger, God's plan, God, God's on you. And it's to distinguish you and empower you for his service. You know, when God wants to do something, he's got to use us. And the Holy Spirit should be at home with us. Amen? Hallelujah. And he is. Hallelujah. He is. He is. He is. You know, uh, it's funny because you know, there was a lot of things. You ever heard about mantles? And the Old Testament talks about mantles. We know that Elisha got Elijah's mantle. But how many of you know we don't need any mantles today? Because we got Jesus's. When you got born again, we all got to be sons of God. We got, the Bible declares that. The Bible says that no longer are we servants, but we get to cry, Abba, Father. That we've been given the spirit of adoption. That we no longer need a mantle. Hallelujah. That's like, you know, when spiritual fathers pass, well, who's going to pick up his mantle? Who's going to? And, and it doesn't matter who, what denomination you're in or what you're doing. Everybody's wanting somebody else's spirit. It's so sad. Everybody's wondering, well, I want this anointing. I want that anointing. And listen, if you want something and you really want to catch things or you want to do things from somebody or you really want to catch the spirit that they have, then you've got to hang around them. And you've got to study and do what they do. You know, it's amazing. All of us, the Bible tells us we're supposed to have spiritual fathers. And we are. We're supposed to have people that, that have mentored us. And it's funny because every spiritual father I've had never once asked me to be their son. In fact, I had to work really hard at making them my spiritual father. I had to go places, do things, and I had to make it. And, you know, the funny thing about it is they, they turn around. And, and I remember him saying one day, well, he is one of my spiritual sons. And I'm thinking, you have never, ever even sat down with me. <laughs> you, know, when I, when I, you know, when I ask you to or something. But I mean, because we have sat down and we did. But I, I made it a point that I wanted, I wanted what he had. I wanted and desired. And when I say what I wanted, I wanted the spirit of, of the word of God. I wanted what he was doing. And I wanted that. I wanted to learn and to grow. And so I submitted. Amen. See, the key is, is that if you're now, if I want this thing, and then I'm going to study about this person. I want to look about it. I want to see, get into the word of God. Amen. Take hold of it and be blessed. But see, one of the biggest things that we have to do right now as the body of Christ, especially now, is we got to believe that the Bible's so. That the Word of God is not for the past, but it's for the now. And we know the Word of God is for the past, the present, and the future, but we've got to take hold of the Bible now. You know, we read these scriptures, we say, well, I know that. Isn't that nice? Isn't it nice? Yeah, yeah, it's so nice because guess what? It is truth. 
Amen? All right, look at verse 31. We know these scriptures, and we think, man, you're giving all the good scriptures tonight. I am, because I want you to know how good the Holy Spirit is. I want you to know the finger of God, the power of God, is in you. It's upon you. Amen? It is in you, and it's upon you. It's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit who's here, who's at work, who's not leaving, who's came here, who's going to be here. So here's what he says, you know, verse 31 and 32. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen? I mean, how's he going to, he's going to give on. Now jump down to the 35th verse. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine? Amen. Jump down to the 37th, 39th verse there, because I'm I'm not going to read all of it there. I I wrote it down in in things here. You can read it all, but we don't need to talk about sheep being the shepherd or slaughtered and all that. We don't want you to be slaughtered tonight. We want you to be healed, okay? All right. It says, so here it is. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. You need to underline that in your Bible. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, I love, I love Romans chapter 8, no matter what, I love Romans chapter 8 because it's, it's a spirit-filled chapter. It talks about all kinds of things from verse 1 all the way down to verse 31, it just, or, or actually all the way to 39. It just talks about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, but it gives a thing about the love of God here and about what we need to do. Hallelujah. Because how do you know Christianity is not for wimps? Do you know the greatest thing about the, the, the Holy Spirit, about being born again and then getting filled with the Holy Ghost and about taking hold of the Spirit of God and really truly getting, getting saved and getting on fire for God is that you're not a wimp anymore. God makes you tough for everything. You're not going to stop or stand back. You know, it's so funny because I think of things, I think of, you know, we look at, we're trying to make things so easy. For everybody, we want to make well, we don't want to offend anybody. Yet the gospel is supposed to be an offense to many. But you know, when I was growing up and, and got a hold of the things of God, you know, I was a young guy. I was very young. But man, when I got a hold of God, nothing stopped me. I went, I went against everything in my life. I had to go against my parents. It was tough, and my parents love God. They're born again. You said, "Why did you go against them?" Because I went to a crazy school. And I got a hold of the Holy Spirit. And they thought I'd gone a little bit off the deep end. And they thought things were going to be, you know, uh, things were going to be bad. And what are you doing? What are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? And I said, I got to obey God. And they said, why can't you obey God here? I said, I don't know, but I got to obey God. I just got to go follow God. That's what he's telling me. You know? I said, well, you're going to starve. You're gonna... I said, well, I'll starve. I'll do whatever. And I just took off. Amen. I took off. And I have never stopped since. Now my parents and I, you know, afterwards it was like, well, you were right. I said, well, I didn't want to be right in one sense of the word. I didn't want to, you know, do this. But I knew I had to obey God. What gave me the fire and the fortitude to do that to honor God? 
I never disrespected my parents. I honored them, loved them. Now, my dad was so mad he didn't let my mama call me for a solid year. Didn't talk to my parents for a solid year because my dad was mad and he wouldn't let my mom talk to me. So it's like, hey, so they wouldn't take my calls. So that was okay. I just allowed God to be God. Kept loving him. Loved my daddy all the way back. Hallelujah. Heft him all the way good. He loved me. We got, I got to do his funeral when he passed away. So it's all good. You know, you say, well, what changed? Well, what changed was he got a hold of the word of God. But what gave me that backbone? What gave me that fortitude? It's the spirit of God, the presence of God. That's what changed me. That's what I don't understand about folks today. You know, all of a sudden somebody can disagree. Somebody can say something. They can be turned. And like I said, I was only 18, 19 years old. I wasn't old enough to know anything. Even though we think we know everything at that age. I wasn't old enough to know anything. Hallelujah. But what happens is, is that when you get the finger of God and know that God's hand is upon you, you've got to be obedient to do what God's called you to do. And you know the power of God. And when you know the power of God, you don't, you don't argue, fuss, and fight. You know, hallelujah. You get to understand God's going to be with you in the fire. He's going to be with you in the water. He's going to be with you no matter what. And no matter, you're not going to be consumed. You're not going to be over. The waves aren't going to overtake you. The fire is not going to burn you up. Amen. And you're going to stand in this. You're going to let God be God in this. God's hand is upon us. God's hand is upon us. Hallelujah. See, because when we believe what the word of God says, then we're truly going to see some amazing things from God. Listen, we have, we've just touched the tip of the iceberg. God's called us into the kingdom for such a time, and he's doing supernatural things right now. Harvest Bible Church is in an incredible place right now. God is just, he's doing things, he's doing some stuff. And I don't say that just flippantly, because God said he'd never leave us or forsake us. You know, we, we talk about scriptures, and I use scriptures all the time, so that's why people kind of go, well, that's just... The way you talk, it is because it's what I believe so strongly. And if we don't say it, if we don't declare it, it's not going to, to come to pass. Amen? Hallelujah. Because I'm, you know, the spiritual sign that you've got God's presence and God's power on the inside of you that you're full of life is fire and fervency. That you actually got something that you're a little excited. You don't walk around dead. I mean, we got a lot of, you know, Christians that walk around with no life in them. Amen. Now, you're all the fiery bunch because you're here on Wednesday night, so God bless you. But no, and I'm not talking about, you know, even because our Sunday morning are fired up too. So when you talk about that we've got this fire and this fervency, that's the spiritual side of things that it just stirs your heart up. Amen? There's some supernatural stuff that takes place. And, and, and it's amazing to me about people because when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, talk about Acts 2 4, talk about, the, you know, small wars have been fought over that. And, and you have people that are divided. And the reason I read Luke to you is because if a kingdom's divided against itself, it will not stand. And so you got to take hold of the truths of the Word of God. See, I know I was raised in church. I got born again at nine years old, and I got born again in a denomination church, and I thank God for that. Thank God they taught me about Jesus, and I, I am so indebted to them, and I'm so glad. Hallelujah. You know, and, but I just kept reading the Bible, and I just kept reading. And then at 18, I was hungry for God, and at 18, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues, and, and the person who was leading me and trying to tell me, he did everything wrong, unbiblically and totally wrong. But I was just so hungry for God because I got around people who were hungry. And God did it in spite of what everything was, he said. Amen? 
But the thing about it was, is that it changed my life. And that same spirit that I got born again in the denomination was the same spirit that just filled me. There's only one Holy Spirit. And it just changed my life because all of a sudden it gave me a backbone. I didn't have to go be knocked around. My teenage years, I was knocked all around because I didn't know how to stand, didn't know how to have authority, didn't know how to act right. I could repent good because that's what happens when you're a teenager. You sin good and you repent good if you make it through. I mean, if you don't make it through, you just sin good. And then it just wipes you out. And then you live in condemnation and guilt. But see, I went to a church that preached hell hot. You had to rededicate your life every Sunday. You know. And uh, so they, uh, you know, you wore out your rededicator. But that's okay, too. I didn't mind wearing out my rededicator, okay? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, And you know, one of the reasons that we need to take hold and get the word of God in us and understand that we've got to stand strong, and especially now, listen, the persecution's going to come. We know that. We know that they're going to come. They're going to try to take away rights. They're going to try to make you do this and make you do that. And we've got to stand our ground. And it's not that we're trying to be this rebellious bunch. We're not. They're bringing the fight. The devil has come to the church. He's come to say, okay, let's find out, do you really believe? And if you read the book of Acts, you read what took place. And I mean, man, they were getting killed left and right. And yet it kept growing. The more they were persecuted, the faster the church grew. See, we've not really been this persecuted. We've really not been, oh, what do you mean I got to do this? What do you mean you're going to try to take this away? What do you mean you're going to say this or do this? Amen? You know, God's given us this, I don't know, he's put, I, don't, I want to say he put a bubble over us or a banner, but he has put a banner. He's, he's letting everybody know now that we're alive and well, so the whole world's going to know who we are. So you got to get ready for persecution, but that's okay. That just means everybody's going to know that you're a Christian. Everybody's going to know that you stand for righteousness and truth. Amen. Here's the thing. Go to, go to uh, Colossians chapter 3. I promised to get out right by 8 o'clock. That's my goal here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody says, how come? Well, that's just the way it's supposed to be. That's still my denominational upbringing. It's like, hey, start on time, end on time. God can show up. <clears throat> Anyways, he does. He's good. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 1. It says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Verse 3 is the one I want to get to. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Let me read it to you out of New Living. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, if your life is hidden in Christ with God, the devil cannot get to you. We sang a song tonight about the enemy can't. He can't take what you have. Don't let him. You can give it away, but he can't take it. You can walk away, but he can't take it. Amen. We've got to take hold of the word of God as we see this. God, you know, God said this. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews, you know, 13, 5. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that you can boldly say, the Lord is your helper. You will not fear what man can do unto you. But God said, I'm never going to leave you. Now, the Amplified Bible says, I will never, 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 never leave you. 
or for sake. I like that. He just was emphasized. What he was emphasizing is that once God gave the Holy Spirit, he wasn't bringing, taking them back. Amen. He wasn't taking, God gave the Holy Spirit to the church and, and he gave it to us. Hallelujah. And, and we birthed the church. Glory to God. And that's what it is. He's here and he's in us. And we've got to understand that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And God can do supernatural things. He'll change the lives uh, of people that we come in contact with. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit always comes in with great demonstration and with power. Now, he leaves quietly. The devil always comes in quiet and then leaves with a tearing. And, a, and a, if you study the word of God, you see that he, he always wants to make a show when he leaves. The Holy Spirit always wants to make a show when he shows up. He made a show when he showed up. You know that on the day of Pentecost, he made a show. There was a rushing mighty wind. The fire of God came upon each one of them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And baptized all of them. And there was a, there was a power and there was a fire. It knocked them out into the streets. They were talking and, and speaking. And man, it caused a commotion. But when the church got dead, nobody even knew he left. Come on. You can walk into a lot of places. Well, the Holy Spirit's not even here. was because he doesn't, he doesn't make a show when he leaves. He knows where he's not welcome. He's a perfect and he'll leave. But if you want him, oh, he'll come. And he'll stir up. And he'll stir up. And he'll make, he'll make a show. He'll do some things. He'll stir some things up. Hallelujah. He'll, he'll bring some things. Hallelujah. And the gates of hell can't stop it. Amen. Because, see, the Holy Spirit's the power of Pentecost. He's the power of the church. The Spirit of God's the power. We've got to have the word. Because that's what he's going to reveal. That's why we've got to have the scriptures. We've got to know the scriptures. We've got to get this. But the Holy Spirit's come right now. He's come to stay. He's come to empower us. He's come to encourage us. And he's come to guide us. He's come to give us a backbone. Amen. You know, when all of this stuff started happening and, you know, I was saying all those things about, you know, I haven't even done ministry yet because I haven't been beaten up and I haven't been thrown in prison. You know, I've been threatened. I've had a lot of things happen in my life over the 42 years of being in ministry and a lot of things. But, you know, I just really feel like, man, I haven't been, you know, I haven't been beaten and I haven't been thrown in prison yet. Glory to God. I haven't even started out. These guys all got thrown in prison in the beginning. You know, they just kind of went in and out of prison. You know, Paul spent most of his life in prison. I know God doesn't want me to write books, so I'm good. I don't have to go there, so that's good. But, uh, you know, it's still when you see these things, and she's always like, quit saying that. You know, I said, well, I'm not trying to prophesy anything. I'm really not. I'm really not because I don't believe that's what we're supposed to do. And go. But I do believe that, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to stand. I'm ready to take the word of God. I'm ready to do this. See, because we need to understand the Holy Spirit's here to do a job in the earth through you and I. We're the church. I like what one minister said. Listen, you know, he, he said this. <laughs> he said, without the church, the Holy Spirit's homeless. <sighs> it is good when you think about it. Because he, where is he going to manifest them? So, well, he can do, yeah, he can where somebody wants to. And God wants us to take us out of these walls. But do you know where he feels the most comfortable? Is here. Because you all brought him with you. And we make a greater conduct. But aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit didn't come to a building? He came to each and every individual. God called each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God came. He came to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when we have the Holy Spirit, he makes us a fortress. He stirs up on the inside. He wants to make his home with us. Amen. And he did. When you accepted him, wow. Wow. It changed your life forever. 
It did. When I got born again and I found out the truth of the Word of God, and I had to find out the truth because the devil used to lie to me, try to tell me that I wasn't saved or try to tell me that I'm going to die before this happens and just try to torment my life. Amen? He did. The devil's a liar. And he knows no tricks except to try to torment you to get you all. And so listen, understand this. For kids and stuff that get born again, in their, you know, when they get born again as children and stuff, you know, the devil, he doesn't play fair. He doesn't care. He tries to mess with them too just like he does anybody else. But we, that's why we get to teach them. That's why we're teaching them. That's why we have children's church. That's why we're teaching them the truth of the word of God. Teaching them how to stand, how to take authority over the enemy and tell them what's going on. Because see, here's the thing about it. The Holy Spirit's come to abide within us, to live and to dwell on the inside of us. How that So being with us, he wants to give a life to us. He wants to make our life a life of joy. Amen? Amen. A life of peace. And believe it or not, a life of happiness and comfort in the sense of that he can comfort in the midst of what's going on. He doesn't going to make it easy. But he wants to bring this to you. Why? Because he wants to show himself strong on God's behalf. He wants to change your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go with me to Isaiah 43. And we'll close on this. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. Hallelujah. I'm stirring your heart up tonight. I really want you to understand. I mean, my title tonight is basically just the finger of God, the power of God. Hallelujah. It's God's plan and his purpose for our lives and to stir us up. Many times there's, there's so much junk that goes on. I can remember there was a time that everybody wanted to hear about tests and trials because they were going through it. They wanted to hear about how bad everything was, how Tiffany, you know, you know, all you guys talk about is faith, talk about believing God, talk about how good God is. I want to hear about how, how bad it is out there. I said, well, you know how bad it is out there, but we can talk about that, you know. Tell you what happens when you go through I said, but the more we talk about tests and trials, the more you're going to have them. Oh, well, no. I said, no, that's what's going to happen. The more you talk, whatever you talk about, whatever you place emphasis on is what you get. I mean, I know that. I mean, the more you magnify the devil, the more he, he does things. I, I've proven that out over years. Proven that out. I proved that out uh, when I was pastoring in a, in a church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I proved that out. The more I talked about what the enemy was doing and how crazy it was to pastor in the inner city, the more we had crazy things happen. And it wasn't until I drove up to my church one day and I saw a car sticking out the side of my church 16 feet up. And I thought, that's enough. We need to stop talking about what he's doing because it's getting crazy. When cars fly, we're in trouble. And it wasn't, you know, we just had an alleyway down there. So what happened is he went through the gas station and he was stuck on this side and the other back end was stuck on, on the cyclone fence back over here. But he was, you know, 16 feet up in the air and the both doors out open and the police came down, and so I said, well, what happened? He said, well, they didn't want to stop, and uh, your building stopped them. I said, okay. He said, I see that they jumped out. He said, yep, they did. I said, okay. I said, well, we got to get that down from there, don't we? He said, yep, we do. So we did. We used to have some really interesting things going on. So like I said, I kept telling stories, and they kept getting bigger. So that's why I don't tell you too many of them anymore. I, Isaiah 43, verse 1, it says this. <clears throat> and I'm going to read it out of, the, out of the New Living Translation. It says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. So now, everybody, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid. 
For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I tell you, I love this, this declare that I belong to God. I belong. The Holy Spirit's in me. Number two, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. So if you're going through some difficulty, you're not going to drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I know it goes on to say other things, but I want to stop right there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter. I don't care what difficulty you're going through, what is taking place. Hallelujah. You will not drown. We're going to trust God. We're going to allow God. Why? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And he hasn't brought us this far to let us down now. Oh, I tell you, glory to God. I mean, I just know and understand how awesome God is. He's bringing us through in everything we can do here. And God's got his hand upon us. I love what it says here, too, that if you are going through the fire of oppression, and there's an enemy that's trying to oppress. He's trying to mess with people and just do things. And what you have to do is, is recognize it recognize what the enemy is doing and tell him he has to stop. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Sister Carol. Go ahead. I'll, I can do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My hand, my plan, my purpose. When I declared through my son that the finger of God is what cast out the devil, which was the power of God that was placed upon his life and anointed him for service here in the earth, is that same anointing, that same spirit that rests upon each and every one of you as you begin to declare and to see and to take hold and to proclaim and to really recognize that that same spirit, that same spirit, the Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost, that same spirit that's in the earth is residing in you and that it's personally present with you and personally present upon you and to anoint you to do the service in which I've called you to do. Oh, you've thought that in times past, oh, that's what I did and that's what I've done. That's enough. No, that is what you did and what you did and done back then. That was what is enough for then. But now... Now, because you're still breathing and because you're still here on the earth, there's a plan and a purpose. There is a plan and a purpose. 
Ah, and though you've thought, yeah, but I failed. Yeah, but I failed. Yeah, but look what I didn't do or I should have done. And I know I can see where you told me to do this and I didn't. Aha, but you need to know that that's covered under the blood. That that's covered under the blood of my son. That's covered under the blood. And because it's covered under the blood, I don't see it anymore. All I see is what you do today and what you do right now. And what I have planned for you in the future is so amazing that you need to get back up and you need to get back in the game you need to get back in doing what i called you to do i've called you into the kingdom for such a time as this yeah the time is short yes this is the last days and this is the last hours but oh what a glorious hour it's going to be for the church what a glorious hour it's going to be for the church and what a glorious hour it can be for you don't worry about What's going to transpire and take place of when just take place of what is going on right now. Stand and see, reach forth and listen to my voice. Listen to what I say. Take hold of the word of God and make it alive within you again. Let my words burn within you with fire again. Let them burn and let them rise up. Let fervency come. Let life come. Hallelujah. And begin to allow me to move through you and to work with you and to speak through you. To speak through you because that is what needs to take place. To speak through you. To speak through you. See, my word in your mouth is the same as my word in my mouth. My mouth says the Lord. Hallelujah. Because when you speak forth my word, I've said it first. And you're declaring what my word says. And my word will not return unto me void. But it will accomplish the thing whereunto I've sent it. And it will prosper in it. Which means it will work. And it will not fail. And it will uphold you. And no matter what difficulty you're going through. No matter what oppression the enemy is trying to place upon you. I've set you free. And I'll uphold you. And you'll come out on the other side. Hallelujah. And you will succeed. And you will fulfill that which I've called you to fulfill in Jesus' name. Father, we honor you tonight. and Lord, thank you that you admonish us. You said tongues and interpretation cause edification, exhortation, and they comfort. They strengthen us. They encourage us. They admonish us. Father, thank you for your word that stirs our heart. Thank you for these folks that are here that I've just shared my heart because I want them to know the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. I want them to know the power of God, the finger of God, that God did this. And of course, I love the way the King James describes it because it just said his finger. No big deal to God. But Lord, thank you for the hand of the Lord that's upon us. Lord, you're such a great God and you're such a mighty God. We thank you for all those that are here and all those that are watching, but we, we always want to give the opportunity of people to be born again to get to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. That's what's so vitally important in the lives of individuals. And so now, Lord, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior, they've never, ever at any time confessed Him as Lord and Savior. Father, also, if there's anybody here that says, hey, I need to come back to God. My heart's cry is we can pray. We can believe God with them. We can lead them to you. Father, we know that Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. 
For with the heart man believes in the righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. So as I look over, if there's anybody here that doesn't know, just raise your hand real high. We'll pray. Those of you that are watching, the reason we always do because we know a lot of people look and follow us online. And so we always want to give the opportunity to be born again. And that's how you get saved, believing in Jesus, calling upon the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And just believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for these amazing folks. Thank you for the word of the Lord that comes. Lord, we honor you for that and we love you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon. 